0: You're listening to The Razor's Edge. The Razor's Edge is an investing podcast. Your hosts are Akram's Razor, an investor and trader with decades of experience in markets, and me, Daniel Schwarzman, who has only one decade of experience, but has spent plenty of time working at Seeking Alpha, seeing how investing ideas work. We usually start with ideas from Akram's Investing, break them down, bring on guests and experts to flesh them out, and try to understand both the investing idea itself and the thinking that goes behind it. To get episodes of The Razor's Edge, subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. You can also check out Akram's work on The Razor's Edge on Seeking Alpha's Marketplace by searching for The Razor's Edge. If you have a chance to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this with a friend, we'd appreciate it. You can also reach us on Twitter at at Daniel Shortman and at Akram's Razor. Our standard disclaimer and disclosure, The Razor's Edge is a Shortman Studios production. The views discussed belong to either Akram or me, respectively, or to our guests when we have them. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice of any sort. We'll disclose any positions in any stocks discussed at the end of the podcast or during our introduction to the episode. Twilio has had an exciting fall. First, Microsoft announced Azure Communication Services used as a shot across the bow at Twilio in the developer-driven communication space. Then, Twilio had its first investor day in three years, refreshing investors on the company's trajectory. Lastly, Twilio announced the purchase of Segment, a customer data platform that signals Twilio's climbing of the value chain. To break it all down, we bring on Captain Twilio, an experienced investor whose portfolio features one stock, Twilio, and who you might remember from coming on the podcast this summer, and Justin Stepka, our frequent guest and an Atlassian, but more relevant to today's conversation, Docker alum, who has had firsthand experience with Segment as a user. This is a fun conversation for anyone following Twilio, and it also adds interesting perspective on business strategy and SaaS valuations, as well as, of course, competition in the space. For disclosures, I'm Long PagerDuty, Akram is Long PagerDuty Slack and Twitter, Justin is Long at Laskin, PagerDuty Slack and Amazon, and Captain Twilio is, of course, Long Twilio. We recorded this Thursday, October 22nd after market close. We add a couple links to check out in our show notes for more information, so check those out wherever you listen to this podcast. We start this episode with a bit of an effort to tease bullish SaaS investors, which, well, you'll just have to listen but I should say it comes with no condoning of the artist involved it's just the sort of thing that someone who grew up in the 90s might think when they see a stock flying higher and higher without stop let's get into it all right let's let's uh, let's get it going yeah we have got a twilio our own little twilio conference we've got captain twilio and we've got justin so
1: sass, ba- sass bad boy justin sepka and and the captain himself this is a good combination Oh, you know, I was thinking about you guys. Where is the... I wanted to play this. Here we go. This should be your theme song. It's good good background music to get us started. Do you you know what it is?
2: I don't know what it is.
1: I don't either. Okay, good. So, yeah. I think we should start, obviously, with, I guess, the the elephant in the room, the segment, or do you want to go with signal?
3: Uh, No, we can start start either way. We can start with... uh, Let's start with signal and then kind of go into segment because... They sort of built on, you know, themes and where they want to, they, where they see themselves in, uh, you know, uh, three or four years, and then they kind of immediately put their money where their mouth is with the segment acquisition. And I love Justin's take on the acquisition because I understand he's more, he's more familiar with the actual product than, than, than I am. yeah, uh, I'm definitely a big fan. I mean, I,
2: I, I think I mentioned it on. Are you guys really <laughs> having a conversation
1: while I'm playing the song?
3: <laughs> 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 I
0: believe <laughs> I can
3: fly. <laughs> oh, I have a quite quick non-tonal tangent here. Have you guys ever heard the original version of "Ignition" yeah. with Art Kelly? Because uh, he talks about this is the remix to "Ignition." Right. Like, when, when, when was there ever the original?
0: Somebody figure that out. That's like wow. a
3: deep that's a deep R. Kelly cut. Yeah,
0: Aren't you doing the music podcast too? hi if it's not you get R. Kelly. R. Kelly. I I I've got only a little bit of R. Kelly Look, on.
1: I believe I can fly is a theme for Sass. So I mean wow, Well, well, you're
2: getting canceled for playing it. So enjoy it with <laughs> <one> less.
1: <laughs> I mean, really, I should get more props for that. All right. Now back to the serious stuff. Yes. So I mean, uh, I think when we, Justin, when you were first on, you did mention that Segment was one of two private companies that you were looking at. So you pretty much hit the, the, the hit the nail on the head with your private company being acquired.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I have deep regrets that we didn't act fast enough when that secondary market transaction became available. We actually changed a rule at our private equity VC firm and set a, a number that we can just go after without needing partner approval because of that, actually.
1: Okay, well, that's good. I like where your head is at always on the the next dollar. But <laughs> what was so the Jason, reason? What, what was what, the reason segment was on your radar again? Yeah.
2: Well, we, you know, when I was at Docker, we... We used it quite extensively and the analytics and data reporting team reported up through me and we needed to build out an infrastructure that allowed us in order to aggregate massive amount of data from the Docker client. And then we also wanted to integrate that data with marketing signal that we were getting and then feed that into a scoring system that prioritized how sales was going to do outreach in order to sell the product. And in order for you to build that and build all of the integrations, build all the infrastructure, I mean, you're looking at years worth of work where you call it segment and you know, they get it done for you in five minutes.
1: Well, that sounds like
2: magic. It is magic.
0: <laughs> it gets ins- It's essentially like JavaScript or whatever else thrown up on your website to be able to track you customer or lead movement on the site. And then you can kind of plug that into your dashboards to figure out how to where to go with sales or like walk, walk us through a little bit more of.
2: Yeah. So I mean, you definitely can play it there. You know, this sort of go to market sales pitch is, is integrated into your website, integrated into support, integrated into sort of this common set of marketing tools. And I think in the acquisition announcement, they talk about how there's like 5,000 marketing tools out there and they have plugins for all of them. And you have to go and hook these tools up. And then if you want to join the data between them, you, know, you, have, to, you know, have to get an engineer in order to stream that data into a data lake system or to route the data, let's say from your website to Google Analytics or whatever other tool that you're using. With this tool, you just simply pick the technology that you want to integrate with in terms of where the data is coming from your customers. And then it has like a routing system, just like your router at home, and you can route it into anything that you want. Another really cool thing that we really liked about it was, this, is let's say you add a new tool six months from now, they have all of the existing data so they can back populate everything. So you're not starting from nothing, waiting for two months, three months, six months worth of data before you can start getting business intelligence out of whatever it is that you're trying to, to capture as Signal. And so for me, it, we couldn't build this at Docker, and they have integrations for everything. And we deployed it and we instantly found a ton of value in it.
0: So if we step back to Cap, when you were looking at, you mentioned the signal day and the sort of future, the announcement to remind listeners segment was announced about two weeks after the investor day, but what was the, before we have segment in the picture, what did you see? Like, what were you hearing new as Quilio's future that was interesting? Like what came out of that analyst day?
3: So in 2017, they laid out their sort of plan, right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to use SMS as sort of the Trojan horse. We're going to take those learnings. We're going to build apps on top of this, on top of it, and application platforms on top. And those will be the 80% gross margin, you know, more recurring revenue businesses. And when they gave us the update, they showed us sort of the progress on that. So here's how large you know, SMS, or messaging is as a percent of revenue, it's about 45% right now. Growth in that has accelerated as a result of COVID. It's actually now growing like close to 60%, but historically that was, it was a little slower. Then you know you layer mail on top of that. And then the other piece, which is about 22% of the business, those, all those other pieces other than mail, which is growing 36%, are all growing 60% plus. And so there's this sort of positive feedback loop where they get you with SMS, you get comfortable with this as the sort of the engage, customer engagement platform, and you just—it's very easy and intuitive for developers to just build on top of it. And the, the the gross margins are really coming through. Where I mean, the you know the other gross margins are, are all eighty percent plus. I, I actually think uh, maybe voice is seventy-five percent, but everything else is, is is higher. And so there's there's they're they're showing the traction there. To get to a gross margin. Today their gross margin is 56%. They think their their goal, the steady state is sort of 65 plus. I think they'll get to 60, the mid-60s or you know, 62, 63 next year. And if you layer on Segment, that, that's almost definitely going to happen. Segment is a 75% gross margin business. It's a tenth of, it's, it's probably 10% of revenue for them pro forma. And it's, it's got a 75% gross margin. So that's going to kick it up. And then mail and all the other, everything other than messaging and really European messaging is a high margin business for them. And is a margin above the 56% consolidated gross margin. So they're kind of hitting on all cylinders. And, and what they've shown with the SendGrid acquisition, which they completed a couple of years ago, is they were able to re-accelerate growth. So they're like, usually when bankers pitch revenue synergies- But well, they bought cool. a
1: company and they raised the price 50% the next day. <laughs>
3: yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's what re- revenue synergies okay. means using your market power. We, know. We, we get
1: it, but I'm saying, let's let's be clear. I mean, they raised the price from, they found they bought a product, I mean, going to the, like, let's not get into the nitty gritty, but $9.99, they raised to $14.50, whatever. Like if you look at how it's presented in, in the analyst days, it's here it was how it was growing two years before we bought it. And then here's the reaccelerated growth rate. They don't mention anything in about the organic element of it, which is fine. That's part of the business. Raising pricing is, 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 is no question about that. But if you, I mean, if we want to look at, if we're, if we're going to start t- talking about Twilio as a roll-up, I don't think people think of Twilio as a, a roll-up company.
3: No, I think I don't think. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, because I, I,
1: we know that, that that gets a negative, uh, you, you know, you as a finance guy better than anybody. You know, that, that, that doesn't get the same uh, exciting connotation of a software evolution company.
3: Yeah. And look, he's a, a president. Jack
1: Obama and, doesn't show up. President Obama doesn't do MLM, MLM and uh, roll up calls, does he?
3: No, but he talked at Dreamforce. Uh, and they're, they OK, have a good exactly. Yeah. So yeah but, but yeah, that's I don't want that's, soft, that's software multiple. evangelism, right? Yeah, but, 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 but I think Lawson and Kozema sit back and they say, you know, here's how much it would cost to build a segment and here's how much it would cost to acquire it. And I mean, it's clear from the multiple, I mean, it's multiple accretive from a revenue perspective, which must mean that the segment CEO just didn't want to run the business anymore. And, and, and the culture that was created at Twilio is one that you want to be a part of. I mean, the guy could work wherever he wants, he could have cashed out. A little bit, yeah so that's that's added.
1: definitely been the feedback. I mean, if you talk to I talked to some bankers on this and I've talked to some people who had pretty good insight on what was going on, there was an element of these are thirty year olds who don't want to run a business, and a thirty time sales, let's say, exit, which some people are like, hey, you know, it's in the snowflake era today. I mean, look at snowflake up eight percent today, trading as it is with the rest of SaAS going in another direction. Being like, why, would you, why wouldn't you IPO? There's a bajillion SPACs, there's this, there's that, and there's a the whole dressing process. And I actually, that's like, you know, I, I did send you, and I mean, I don't know if Justin ever got around to reading the, the whole blog post on, on how they saved 15% on their car insurance. That segment posted with respect to uh, their AWS bill. I mean, are the, are the numbers there that
2: they were actually making money? Because, I mean, they changed prices on us at Docker multiple times as, you know, the consumption went up. It, it became clear running their infrastructure and, and meeting the original contract obligations that they had, they weren't making money.
1: Yeah. So that's, I mean, Justin, we're not going to ever get a straight answer on that. We But like that blog post was very interesting from a finance person perspective because it starts out with, Hey, our board came to us and was like your, your business, your gross margins are a black eye on your business. And I mean, cap just went through a whole, Explanation about the, the Twilio story because well, I, I gave Cap the hardest time about what was it a year ago, a year and a half ago? There was a period where, and you probably will remember this, Justin, because you're a very, you know, shareholder of Atlassian significantly. That Twilio was like 150, and Atlassian had like plummeted to like you know 100 bucks high 90s, and I was like, listen, dude, why don't you just swap these two? And we did talk about this when we were on on, on the podcast. Like I'm. You know, and this was around the time where, I mean, like, I think you and I first connected, Justin, which was like right around as I was getting into shorting some stuff in SaaS and that little stretch around the Slack IPO once upon a time in SaaS or or, or tech or whatever. And before the WeWork and all that crap that happened and PagerDuty and whatnot. But the thinking at that time is this is an API telephony business that, you know, is and, and me and, and like when I went long Twilio and and remember when we were talking about this. At the end of last year, when people were like, oh, is WhatsApp going to leave them? And I had been buying calls, and then you were bushing to me, and then I was bushing to you. And it's was like, and this was when the stock was $90. And we were both not happy with what was being communicated to us with respect to Flex. It was like, get the message across on, on, on where the traction is on a per seat pricing versus metered. Because we just went into a period here where people got excited about metered usage, particularly in software. Because of COVID driving certain type of, you know, let's call it knee-jerk, one-time crazy consumption in certain things, that you get overages just like you do with the with a roaming bill on a cell phone. But we went into this where the profile was that you want to be if you a software business doesn't have 50% margins. Okay. A software business has 80% plus gross margins. That's the general thinking on subscription software and that's where you get into this element where when you read the segment post and it's like the board of segment telling the that person who, who i don't remember what his exact title is but your gross margins are a black eye on the rest of your business you know that's like me being like i like everything about your metrics except your underlying business model <laughs> you know because what is their business is it, it like, like you just said, it's it's moving around data. Yeah, right, it Justin? is. And, and definitely, I was upset
2: with it 18 months ago. And they, they definitely increased... I mean, Twilio increased its cost. That was part of the reason I wasn't very happy with it. And I didn't think that they had enough product diversification. And, and there's plenty of reasons not to like this as a bolt-on to their existing business in terms of you know how much it's going to cost to run their business. The two of them will be able to consolidate their cloud infrastructure costs, but the thing that I do like about it, that Twilio has done is is to become an omni channel customer outreach go to vendor that is software as a service base. and so, I have a customer that needs to be communicated with email, whether it's text, whether it's phone. Pick any direction, and I want to be able to aggregate up a graph of that user. And they did a really good job of describing this at the Signal conference. Is is you can build a Facebook or a TikTok style graph of your users. Okay, so that's right, like so we're,
1: to stop you. Sorry to interrupt you right there. What was the first one that you said? A Facebook. A Facebook. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And if we think about Twilio. They want to go to where? Marketing dollars? I'm not sure I understand what you mean by they want to go to marketing dollars. What do they want to sell to their customers? They want to take communication data, provide intelligence. Okay. And remember, this is a business that makes money off of email with SendGrid. And take your SMS and all this other stuff that's coming out and say, you know what? Here is insights. And. Information that you can use for a marketing platform. Uh,
3: it's marketing and it's customer support and customer services, right? Because Flex is in marketing. No, no, it, forget it, Flex. It, we we, we call, get what they're doing. Call. We,
1: the call center in a box is a subscription business, right? Programmable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's we not can... marketing. That's not marketing. That that's customer. That's customer support. That's, yeah, you that's call. customer support. <laughs> yeah, what they see and where if you talk to people like so the so the argument right now is that Salesforce and Adobe looked at this and passed and that they're both working on their own internal solutions. And Of course they the, will
2: be, but the thing about and, and the it count, is- the counter
1: argument is both of them are, can't build something as good a
3: segment as well.
1: The general view is these guys have built something that like other people can't build quickly.
3: Yeah, and also Peter likely doesn't want to go work for Benioff or go work at Adobe at pro, you know, after a deal. But, and I think that stuff matters to, to, to folks like them. Who are kind of have this developer-led culture? Yeah, I, I think the, the holistic vision is you know you use SendGrid to market to, to be able to efficiently send emails, uh, email outreach to your customers, and you say you're Delta, and then when they call and they want to change their ticket or whatever, you don't have to tell give your Sky Miles information a thousand times, and they just know who you are from your number, and then they have all your data graphed in front of them, and they can make an in de- intelligent decisions. They can't do a transaction right now on Twilio. They need to do someone else for those rails. But I think that's sort of the vision. And I think that a segment goes a long way to both expanding the addressable market in a massive way and creating distance between them and other sort of potential competitors who are, you know, as you said, maybe trying to build their own homegrown solution.
1: Well, I mean, those businesses have marketing automation driven businesses, What those businesses aren't doing is like you just were talking about as far as moving around the data. There is that element, which is what's interesting when you go back to that blog post, which is a lot of money is cost of goods sold wise going into, and that's where they're probably been playing around with the pricing, is moving the data around. It goes from where you have it at AWS to a segment back to you, to if you want to send it to your data warehouse, so on and so forth. Like people do miss a point. I got into this with someone last week, and I don't know if Justin and I talked about it or not, but like people move stuff to the public cloud all the time. And from a compute standpoint, that scales elastically, perfectly. But with storage, there's high, there's high costs. I mean, I don't know whether it was the the Seagate CIO or someone else where they moved stuff into the cloud and then they're moving it back out because on the storage and it's, it's harder a than private that. cloud. I mean, is more like, efficient.
2: It's much harder than that. And I do like the Delta example. What we did at Docker was, is we had these, these, these nodes that were being installed, let's say at Delta. And then we had the website hooked up and then we had our documentation site hooked up. And what the sales team could do is, is they could look and see, all right, did they stand up an evaluation of this software? How many different people from different IP addresses are evaluating the software? And then they can channel all of that data from the actual product that we make to the marketing data, put it into salesforce.com, and then get alerts and then in the morning and prioritize calls. And that is having that type of business intelligence doesn't exist for other people unless you spend years integrating and making it. And so, uh, you know, I, I continue, I, I do think Delta example is a, a fantastic one. And if you're a company that's like Delta, you're not going to have the people from Silicon Valley out there to come and build this easily for you. You're just going to buy an off-the-shelf component or a product that that integrates all of these touch points uh, for you.
3: Yeah, and that's, the, I think as the business grows, it'll be really pivotal for George, the COO and his team to show that they can have it sort of a dual go uh, go to market where it's it's not just developer led, but it's also enterprise sales. There's an enterprise sales component because that's how you know you get, as you were saying, the, the Nikes of the world, the Deltas, the others to to that just don't have a technology bend to them to to be able to spend large dollars. And the way to do that is you know kind of what they're doing with Deloitte and some of the others, and just have. A third-party consultant do it for you, and so if you have an army of those folks who are looking for implementation dollars, it's it's helpful. But o- over time, I mean, a big advantage that Twilio has is their sales and marketing as a percent of revenue is way lower than you know let let's take a, an Atlassian or Salesforce or some of the others. Okay, so but but why is that? It's because it's developer-led, and so over time, you would expect if there's not going because- to-
1: it's not because a shit ton of the revenue is uh, API telephony. It's carrier traffic that doesn't need any sales and marketing people.
3: No, I think there's, it's, it's, it's sort of a grab. I mean, it's a two, yeah, I, yeah. I, get, I
1: get your point. I mean, I, I see when they highlight that. Uh, they get hit for the gross margin, right? As If you want to hit them as a bump on your not software. But then if you want to come back and be like, well, but we're much more efficient in the marketing spend. Well, you are because, again, what are you doing on this end? You're aggregating carriers for, I mean, and look, I mean, we're, we're not throwing shade here to throw any shade. We're, we're just trying to be objective. The reality is that you have a business that, I mean, right now, for example, you saw what happened with Fastly and TikTok or whatever the last couple of days, right? Last week. Yeah, of course. And if you look at it and you say like, you know, some people be like, oh, okay, well, you know, is is this a negative read through Twilio? Twilio's WhatsApp revenue is up 125%, where I was actually By the way, trying by to the go, way same,
2: thing, same thing happened uh, to Twilio when Uber lost one customer yes, as well. That's, which, yeah, when, yeah, uh, yeah. that's when we
1: started this, but that's a whole different That's a whole different component here, right? Because at that point, if you're Twilio and you come to me and you're a customer, I remember Lawson got into that in that interview with, what's his name, Strategy Ben Thompson where he's talking about, we didn't have salespeople following up with Uber and Uber wants to build it, but it's like you're a line item and you get so big. And that's where he brings up the point of, well, Atlassian told me we don't spend on sales. And then he comes back and says, okay, well, that's bullshit. You have customer support specialists. But like, if we were to talk to Jens on this topic, he doesn't view it that way. He doesn't necessarily say that like Atlassian has no sales, uh, that Atlassian isn't actually efficient. If you actually look at Atlassian's free cash flow and margins, it does reflect a, an application software company that has a self-serve go-to-market model, mm-hmm. right? Depends, so, it I depends mean, like, what these you're are call things.
2: sales. Just, you know, people that answer email and help you type in your credit card or not salespeople.
3: They're, yeah, like yeah. I think it's sort of yeah. commission-based sellers, not customer support. Sales is, is operating expense, not, not COGS.
1: Let's say, if, to, 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 to grill you, Cap, Let's say we subtract Facebook out of uh, WhatsApp, out of out of out of Twilio today, because it's obviously not something that they're making much money on. And there's bandwidth and Nexmo out there on an enterprise. And we know for core API, who cares? I'm not going to look at Twilio's business and be like, this is where they, where they want to be in the future. As Justin and, and you have pointed out, both healthcare and what they're doing with Segment is obviously exciting, and obviously there's a narrative shift with what's happened with COVID, but If you take something like WhatsApp and you say, look, I'm WhatsApp, I'm looking to be more business communications, and I'm an SMB marketing business. So when when you look at Twilio's base, I think people from a brand standpoint associate Twilio with the sales forces and the fangs and like you know, you're climbing up that ladder and Obama's there and and so on and so forth, and brilliant deals and marketing and Jeff Lawson and, and 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 the whole narrative, but this is a business that is getting, you know, 50-60% of its revenue from from businesses that are 1 to 100 people. And I mean, when I was surprised by their analyst day because we got our first actual look cap at at where they are breakdown wise since literally the IPO and you can see that in the global 2000 they did 30 million in revenue. So I'm looking at that, I'm like the global 2000 you, you, like you've done 7% of your total revenue last quarter, right? So when I look at it and I subtract the WhatsApp, I'm going to look at that WhatsApp business and be like, just like when you go back to Uber, who really cares if I'm losing a a, a no margin business? Because there is a counter argument that he's used that revenue to continue to build and parlay into something different, structurally speaking. He says this
3: all the time. He needs to be where the conversations are happening. So the the value prop is, you know, Delta, Nike, whomever, you guys can go build this on your own or Uber. You can go build this on your own, but your core competency is two-sided marketplace where you're you know, you're putting, you're, you're creating remote work for people. Okay, the, you, you're not trying to figure out if the conversation's happening on WhatsApp what's today and Viber tomorrow and this and that. Let, it, let that be our job. Maybe Uber is a bad example because they'll be on the bleeding edge, but a normal enterprise business isn't. And that's why I, I, I think, it's very important. And the most pivotal hire, and he's made a lot of really great hires in the last two years, is George from Salesforce, because he's just taking that playbook. And he, his goal is to get more of those Fortune 200 revenues so that you can start hearing about $1 million, $2 million, $5 million wins from single customers. That's not what got them there, but that's what will sort of keep them at the party. And that they'll have to balance that against. Yeah, it's the, the way Gret- Wayne Gretzky
1: skate skate to where the puck is going. But I mean, to go to Justin, if you go back to Uber being an example for everything microservices architecture, we're seeing a lot more of these like middleware API integration type of solutions. Here we are again talking about one of the most exciting things that that people have been talking about this year. It's a Segment deal, which is essentially putting a widget into your user experience to fish and collect data and transmit it back, so you can build a user graph and translate it, whether it's to your Google BigQuery analytics engine or Tableau visualization or whatever you want, where where you ever you want it in a destination. But or they also announced it, they also right?
2: announced that they're going to be a data lake software platform as well.
1: Okay, so there you go. Can you can you explain to the listeners what that means? Uh, when you collect
2: the data, there's two parts to collecting the data. You can get the fire hose shot at you, but really you want to drink from it, right? And and once all of the data is just thrust into a place where you store it, it unstructured, really, you need to find ways in order to join the data from the various systems. And, and segment provides this primary key technology that allows you to join data set where you know in one system I might be a phone number and I might be an email and another. And they also come up with their, their own unique identifier. And you have to take this data and they call it ETL, extract, transform, and load. There is another company out there that's private that is very good at this. It's called Fivetran. There's, there's a variety of them out there. A lot of companies roll this on their own. I would not be surprised to see segment Provide a technology that not only collects all of this unstructured data in your data lake, but then moves it into a structured data format that allows you to visualize it later down the line. And you're right; there are any number of visualization tools out there. Looker was recently picked up. There's Tableau. There's all sorts of stuff. But getting that data into those systems is difficult. And you know, I, I think that that is. A well, dr- I mean,
1: look, is it that goes back to where people got excited with Snowflake? Yes, exactly. So, and 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 the virtual data warehouse and basically the analytics databases. What we're talking about here is analytics. Yes, right? and, and it's more important it, it, than that it, as well, because this is
2: in order to do the next generation of machine learning that everybody is excited to do, which will be a massive competitive edge for companies in the market, they need to collect the data. And and without a way to do that, you're not going to be able to take advantage of these these machine learning algorithms. And so those with the data are going to be people that are going to advance faster. That's why having a single vendor for all of this information, a Twilio that's omni, omnidirectional for whatever direction it is that you communicate with your customers is so, so powerful.
1: All right. So let's rewind back for a second on that point. When you go back to bringing up the Uber Twilio example, Uber is a business that essentially was celebrated for, the, you know, they built this kind of monolithic application at the start and they're like, it didn't scale perfectly, right? Because we're going to build a ride sharing service globally. They shifted then to this microservices architecture. We're going to use real-time applications and there are a lot of API providers, and one of them being Twilio, Stripe. I think on payments, Google Maps API. Like you know, when you want to think about kind of the ultimate and, and whatnot. But we also saw saw them they flip back and forth, and this goes back to cost structures of a business. When I was working on PagerDuty from from a, a bearish standpoint, there was the Angle on building your own. What were they using? Oh, it's LinkedIn. LinkedIn has an open-source on-call management, and Uber had been using it. And Uber had also been using what, what's their name? The 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 chat app, self-hosted. Mattermost. Uber has restructured. Obviously, there's a lot of other shit going on with Uber, but a lot of these other things were brought in in-house and then flipped again to go back to using. Like they shifted to Slack. They went to pager duty. So, can you give us a perspective? Like, I mean, I can think of a finance angle on why these capex, opex decisions get made, and a lot of this stuff gets into which, like, that blog post, which is a really interesting blog post, because it kind of gets into the cost of goods solds of the future. What what is your COGS in a world of of, of SaaS? What's below the line and
3: what's above the line? Because it should be sort of data. It should be data storage and compute and customer support. As, as Cogs, and then the rest is sort of op Well, we know marketing goes below it's the, the line. Ups. Yep,
1: yeah. But like, there's, we get to this point, stuff now, where you can shift things and be like, okay, well, am I going to have the core R&D engineering in-house to develop things? That's, and, or am I going to outsource someone, which is kind of a core competency when you go back to the data? So that's where like, I'm, I'm asking you, Justin, when you look at it, and you say what's the, like when you go from from a Mattermost to a Slack okay we get it you, you shifted from like maybe you had privacy concerns maybe it was was it was was it like you thought it could be cheaper to best in class provider is that the same thing you're doing when you go from the on call to pager duty like what's the decision engineering wise that that gets made Do They they task it is it like you don't have the resources you want to reallocate them
2: well, I mean, it's, it's going to be build versus buy is how you would describe it when you're on the ground doing it, you know, unless it's going to be a core competency to your business, why would you possibly build it? You would just go out and buy something you, you, you know,
1: But you just said it, right. That like you talked about this whole element of the data. And if you don't get good at some of these things down the road, is this like one of these things where, you know, it's like, right, the there's future, a difference between the activate- data
2: and collecting the data. They're, they're, they're different things.
1: Like you have to... So, is there a security? Is is there a reason I wouldn't want Segment to have, to, for my data to go from my infrastructure to someone else to translate it to a workspace where, like, it was very fascinating, by the way, seeing the exercise between destinations. Right. Sure. And, and you sources. have alternatives,
0: you
2: have alternatives. So, you know, going back to the beginning of this podcast, you know, I said, I was looking at two private companies. The other company out there is Confluent and these, the, the Confluent segment essentially do the same thing, but they serve different, different markets. I think the example that I used in the podcast uh, that we originally did, I said, if you're GE and you want to collect engine data, from a flight between Atlanta and San Francisco, you're not going to run that through segment. There's no way you're letting that data outside of uh, your data centers. And and there are opportunities out there in in order to go out and get tools like Kafka, which is the developers that spun out of LinkedIn, and they make a fantastic technology.
1: always think about that from an author standpoint. Yes.
2: <laughs> you know there, there you have to you're going to have to look at the, the question isn't do you build it versus buy it? it's just it's like who are you going to buy it from? you know which data are you going to get and then you know how are you and then so that's one thing how do you get the data and then you know what are you going to do with the data? You can collect all the data you want, but if you you know you don't know how to use the data in a way in order to gain useful insights, it's not going to mean anything having the data but but I would say this though one thing that really is difficult and this is one thing that segment does well is is you can play back the data from the point that you hooked it up. And when you add a new system in, it'll do what's called a replay is is what they, I think they call it in their technology. But if you don't have the data and it's something that let's say trickles out very slowly, you have to wait until you get enough of that data in order to be able to make actionable insights
0: on it. All right. That's pretty good. Daniel, any questions? Well, I want, I, there are two things that come to mind. First cap, when you're talking about, $1 $1 million, $5 million contracts. Where do you think those are coming from? Like, who are they going to win against or who's not spending with Twilio that now that they're climbing the value chain and they well, have
2: I can a tell more you what, right now? We paid that much at Docker for segment. Okay. There's a lot of them out there.
3: But yeah. it, was, it was sort of a follow up on uh, Akram's point, which is that only, you know, set whatever, what was the number, Akram? 7% of the revenue comes from the Fortune. Global, wow. 2000. Global, two, global 2000. Global uh, so 2000. By the, the way, that excludes is,
1: that it, WhatsApp is not considered a global 2000 company. Global 2000 is 2,000 public companies.
3: Yeah. So let, let's say 15, only you know, 15% of their revenue comes from big companies. So the answer is there's a, I mean, there's a lot of uh, 15% of their revenue is, is, is a couple hundred million dollars, nothing. And so there's a lot of white space out there for them. <laughs> to go educate them for, you know, they have to educate the market on why they need this and why the way they're, the way you're talking to your customers right now, a, you don't know them when they're calling, you don't know who they are. You don't know how to get to them and they don't know how to get to you. And so there's a lot of pent up sort of frustration. And if Nike figures it out and Adidas doesn't or Rebo, you know, and their salespeople in the middle of the pandemic were able to text with customers sitting at home, because their salespeople, they, they had a whole segment on this at Signal where the CEO was saying, you know, they're, they're, a lot of their sales associates are experts on sneakers and there's a big sneaker culture right now. And the, the ability for customers to directly interact with those salespeople sitting in their homes was all powered by Twilio. And that obviously leads to, to sales, higher you know, a satisfaction scores from your customers, et cetera, et cetera, and just building your brand identity in a new way. You know, if you go to Nordstrom and you go to a salesperson, the way that it used to work is they, they, and my, my, my family was in the menswear business. And so there was a, a thing called the book and the book is your best customers. You know, how much they spent last year. It was like the kind of original Salesforce. I, I always say that my, my father is the poorest founder of Salesforce because he, he had a book, he had their sizes, their wife's name, their wife's birthday, their birthday, all that and that's CRM for him. And that's how he managed it. But now there's just all these other tools for you to differentiate your brand and your business. And Twilio's got it kind of, it's, it's getting the word out there with larger businesses, smaller businesses. If you're building a business from scratch right now, you can start, a, you start with a blank slate, right? You don't have employees. You don't have an old way of doing things that you have to retrain yourself. And so you build everything sort of natively in the cloud. You do things the, the fastest way, the most efficient way. But old line businesses that have existed forever, it's very hard to retrain them. And then once you do convince them, they don't know how to build it. You can't go to Macy's and tell them to build anything. They just won't know how to do it. And so now George's goal, I would imagine, is to link up with Deloitte, go to Macy's and say, here's the vision for how you interact with your customers in the future so that Amazon doesn't take all of your business And here's how you do it. And I'm going to build it for you. And it's going to cost a couple million bucks. And this will be the return for you. I think it's called solution it. It's interesting
0: to me because it sounds to me sort of like Salesforce's business. I know Salesforce comes at it differently, but you mentioned the book is the original Salesforce. George is coming from Salesforce. Like when we think about their competition and if they're kind of roll up, isn't the right way to the right noun for it, but they're kind of consolidating a full marketing platform, as we've kind of said, right? A full marketing orientation platform. And so it's interesting to me, I know Salesforce is a little bit more for the SaaS bros of the world. It's a little bit more for the people who are pounding the pavement, but it feels to me like that's the space that they're going in, which whatever, like we talked about this competition, there's there probably is still, but am I like, does that make sense?
3: I think marketing, it's operations, it's it's the cost of goods sold element of, of companies, The that- you know, customer support, they're getting on the phone and knowing who everyone is, and servicing that customer. So it's it's all it's all of those things. But yeah, I mean part of it is going to be, is going to be marketing. But sales, Salesforce is sort of a hub for your data, but it's not sort of two-way communication the way you know Twilio can empower you to be. Do you, you definitely other-
2: you you definitely have to have a second tool like marketo, which manages yeah. the outbound email communication but to your point daniel yes segment definitely is going to compete against salesforce you know segment can inject data into any c r m so it actually makes it More powerful for you in your negotiations against a company like Salesforce. So I could basically switch to FreshBooks or any other type of platform where you you interact and keep track of your customers. I can just redirect that data through Segment and replay all the historical data and bring all the customer records, you know, to the to the menswear example, all back up to date instantly for my sales team. And uh, that is a very powerful feature. I, I just I struggle to think of any tool that do this on the market as well as what segment can do
1: so i mean again more competition is that what we're, where we're going with this well you said that
2: adobe I mean, you said way. that adobe you know salesforce looked at it and they 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 very well should have because they're going to have to build this if they want to be competitive. yeah so, so
1: supposedly they're both building and both uh like you know not not people are not as excited about what they're building but and and, no and really a knock against to a
2: knock against Salesforce, you know that that was another team that I managed at Docker, and they they it took us a year to build all of the integrations for the data that we wanted pumped into the, the CRM software. And with Segment, you just hook it up and it's there. It's just instantly there, right? You don't have to hire this complicated partner network in order to configure it and deal with upgrade versions and and all of you know.
1: So that, it'll be like a miracle. It just appears <laughs> there. It is for you. In some
2: ways, it is. <laughs> It really it is. You know they had they of course it is. They had signs when I was working on this a few years ago in San Francisco, and they said, "Are you tired of switching back to an Excel spreadsheet in order to figure out how to talk to your customers?" Uh, This was for a competitor against against Salesforce. So this is a real problem for a lot of businesses, and so it 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 is a it is a major opportunity someone to come in and if they're a small CRM company or a medium-sized CRM company to compete against well, I mean, Microsoft
1: Dynamics CRM, I mean, we saw that in the news this week, that they're basically uh, blunting uh, deals uh, around Salesforce CRM for uh, cloud. And they're trying to lock them in, uh, you know, essentially. Dynamics,
3: sub- the return of Microsoft Dynamics. Does anyone like so Salesforce Dynamics, other than the
2: manager of the sales team? I think that's the question you got to ask yourself.
1: Well, we know what Saspro had to say there.
0: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like nobody likes it, but everybody has to use it.
1: Yeah. But isn't that the same thing with uh, PowerPoint and Excel? Oh, how dare only, you. Only, only finance bros
2: use <laughs> those two tools and you know... Your, your excel <laughs> macros oh god anytime i get an email from somebody on the finance team when i work as at a software as a service company i'm like you know we pay for google docs and google sheets right <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to email the file <laughs> like, you can update it and i have the right
1: version but, well look at but i mean like in my in microsoft's defense look what they've done because i mean i actually had a thesis almost a decade ago that google docs and uh, chromebooks were you know the the end of uh, you know Microsoft, and you know we're sitting here today debating you know people not wanting to pay for Slack. I mean that continues the the, the never ending. Uh, uh, sure, but no know. new company,
2: <laughs> no new company picks Microsoft, and no and and no new company is going to pick Salesforce. And while they might have a land grab event going on in their yeah, respective the, categories I, right now. New companies are going to grow, and they're going to get bigger. And everybody wants to use these new tools because they throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, in order to to get the exact thing that they need that is fresh.
1: Yeah, but who doesn't have an office subscription? I don't have one. New, I mean, new, new, what the, like, what is it? Three hundred million new new small businesses don't have anything. And then that's, yes, a- we get that, and that's obviously, by the way, a great spot for Twilio.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting the talk of the you know developer first with toyo it also seems like it almost reminds me of and i don't i don't know if it's there but the like costco or amazon strategy of low gross margins as a way to gain share by entering through the communications layer which we've talked about is sort of commodity is not as exciting i don't know which begs the question how much of a lock in do they have especially microsoft also launched azure Azure communication services recently like
1: yeah there's a lot there's a lot of rumblings on on the on the on the, the core API front but like i mean I, I like by if you look at bandwidth and you look at Nexmo the market share i mean Twilio obviously has significantly more outside the united states but the market share in the us is pretty split now on on the on the core messaging api telephony business people have diversified at the enterprise level that's where we go back to, Cap, the, the whole debate over are you competing with your customers, right? I mean, we, we, you know, PagerDuty did actually move, I don't know if completely, or, but they definitely saw them to Nexmo, right? And, you know, like the running thing when we started with that was that's a Twilio hackathon project at at, at the beginning. So, like, if I'm an applications layer company, like PagerDuty is a great example because it has very high sales and marketing spend. But it has the highest gross margins, so it's like it's it's the flip side, and it doesn't get rewarded by it from the market, right? Like there's always that question when you go back to Twilio, why them, right? Like, well, and there is an element in SaaS investing which is very driven by the top line. The algos chase it. A lot of people chase it. How many people actually really get down and saying the unit economics? Like, if I was to ask you, do you believe today that Twilio deserves the same market value as Atlassian. No. I mean I know what you're going to
3: say yes but I mean but like uh, the like and, and uh, he, uh, and, cap, and Justin, as far as cap goes. And Justin does it is it is it just based on opportunity address like addressable market size the well, margins how do, how, how do you
2: no, it's how dare you criticize my child.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Guys, go get a room. That's like that's the problem with today. But that goes back to, well, again, I'm asking you guys this from a context question. For a second, take your Twilio socks off and take your Twilio jacket off and uh, take your Twilio underwear off. I mean, if you're wearing some. Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, is... Twilio with what it's uh, the revenue basis at worth Like I, I say, I'd say Twilio as a software company is doing no more revenue in actual application software than page. Duty. No, no, hold on. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I,
2: I actually have some opinions on this. Now the, the real opinions that are worth mentioning, not just jokes, Go ahead. you know, the, the quarter over quarter revenue growth for Atlassian is substantially lower than what it is for Twilio. And so of course. it is being reflected in the S ratio. You know, Twilio totally is much higher in the Elastian shareholder annual letter. They've said that they don't know that they continue can continue to sustain the growth. So you know, signal.
1: everyone, yeah. but Justin, everyone says that. But yeah, so, well, they, they advise
2: flat, and they reported flat, and so they're not just making it up. Like they they actually said, hey. There's going to be a slowdown and then there was a slowdown And and, and Twilio is continuing to, to show the top line growth uh, above 40, you know, it's slowing down from, from where it was, but you know, it's a, it's a bit of a a, sort of a a jagged number if I remember correctly,
1: but you know. All right. So let me ask you a question. What do you pay for 125% WhatsApp revenue growth? What did they particularly do? The meter went up. People but, but, are sucking well, up. No, what's you're, solving, what's right? it's
2: consumer? You're comparing apples to monkeys. I mean, yeah. no, 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 but I'm
1: saying <laughs> – no, no. no I, this is what I'm going back. I'm saying you're that saying on the that top
3: line Twilio's Twilio's revenue from them. No, no, but but Akram, here's where – We went through this last year, right? When we were buying
1: Twilio and nobody wanted to touch it, it was like the bubonic plague in early January. I owned okay? it. I, and, I,
2: I ditched it right around the –
1: Exactly. So if you go back to what it was struggling with, then it was like Flex is making no progress. Now, I can look at the, what they show from the analyst day they actually gave us insight so i can take literally it's it's probably a 5 to 6% of quarterly revenue is what you would classify as application you know subscription service software so take take that down right now they they broke it out at 12% but if you take it down messaging grew 61% okay i mean like literally it almost doubled in the rate and if you want to know who grew big whatsapp as they grew at their base Grew share, so they went from five percent last year to seven percent this year, despite all the growth. So, going back to TikTok, I, again, this is where if you were telling me some, as an actual investor, do I look at it and I say WhatsApp is going to be looking at Twilio a year from now, and it's a hundred and forty million dollar line item? It's funny that we go back to what Jeff was saying, Lawson was saying on the um, strategy podcast, where he's like, you know, once you get big in the line item land. Well, if WhatsApp is going to look at this and be like, "Okay, this is a competitor. They they, they want to they want to be a complete, you know, t- turnkey solution for SMBs and they're going to want them sending emails and spending money on marketing dollars and getting user graphs and targeting these guys through them versus our Instagram. Yeah, but, but but Akram. Here's, okay. where, here's
3: where here's where where I did completely disagree. WhatsApp is one method of communication. So, if they, if they cut everyone off and say, you know, if, you want, if you're a business and you want to talk to your customer on WhatsApp, you've got to use the WhatsApp doohickey, then there's just going to be one channel and, and then businesses are going to have to move on. If you want to look at their business, bro, and SMS, those, is, SMS is
1: spam want,
3: for most people. To, right?
1: They move to WhatsApp because it's controlled. No, no, no. SMS right? is spam, so for,
3: like, SMS is spam if, it's, if it's sort of these wide, you know, vote for Trump or, well, we, you know, we, we need $10 but that's, that's the whole the point. Like, I, I can, I can manage night. it better. Um, otherwise, the Republic's going to fall. Those are, those are spam. But, but if you're using it as a means to co- communicate with your customer, you need every channel on one platform. And you can't, if you just own one platform, you can't compete with someone who has access to everyone. But, but we're right, not arguing over that. We're your, not saying you have to going back to your main point. If you remove sort of the pass through nature of the SMS. Portion of the SMS revenue, then we're talking about a business that has less revenue, higher margins, but it's an 85 percent margin business. And 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 and, again, I agree completely with you on that point. this this is where you get
1: here's the interesting part though. They get rewarded for the revenue growth because that is what the market pays up for in a short term time period. They channel that. There's there's everything he's doing is genius. What I'm saying is when you look back at it and you say Well, there are businesses out there that trade on software margins that actually have it that sometimes get lost in the shuffle. There are these moments, which goes back to our conversation on Atlassian versus Twilio. Nobody was predicting a pandemic coming into this year, but we're not going to look at like what is, let's assume they don't lose Facebook as a customer and that Facebook is looking at this and they really don't care. Like, they're, they're getting the lowest possible cost possible. They, can, they have the leverage. And they, they, they know they can tell anybody they can build it. But if you're, if you're looking to next year, well, obviously, the comps against Facebook are going to look bad. And you're removing something that grew 125% year over year. At that point, is it like does the market have a whole panic attack over a stock like this? It's like, oh, but look, the application business is better. But the top line is down because of this, which is, again, like we said, incrementally margin-wise, not that appealing. Because at the end of the day, profits do matter. Yeah,
3: but but Akram, Twilio historically has traded at a discount and on a multiple basis, revenue multiple basis, to the sort of Atlassians, the, the pure high margin businesses that are pure, pure software. So all multiples are up right now because money is cheap. But re- on a relative basis, Twilio never traded at a, you know, at a Zoom multiple. No, never traded of course, they agree, multiple, of course. And they won't.
1: Now, the snowflake is a very, like is probably a bad example. Yeah, but yes, yeah, Zoom yeah. is a good Fine.
3: one.
1: <laughs> I mean, Zoom is minting money on the bottom line. There's no, there's no arguing about that. Yeah, but those that. comps are going to be hard too. Of course, they're going to be horrible. But I mean, looking forward on it from where it is now, like, they they also have an argument. We, we were discussing this last time. Are they also a competitor here when we get into the customer support and what they want to do? There is this thing in SaaS where who's going to end up with, if software evolves, if it's evolutionary and in real time these days, then it's encompassing more broad functions versus I'm going to yeah. build something but, to target a certain market
3: where, and move That's forward. where I think you sort of using zoom as your customer service platform, you need so much customization for, you know, compliance reasons and other reasons. It, it's going to be tough to their, either their margins are going to go down because you're going to have to, they're going to have to build things that not everyone wants. I mean, the beauty of zoom is it's just so simple. It's like four buttons on a screen. Yeah, but you're seeing the-
1: it now, right? Do you want video? Do you want this? So like, so guys don't get on the screen and jerk off like that dude did or whatever, yeah. like the prompts, the friction that's occurring where it was like, oh, WebEx sucked because it had all this other crap in it. And it's like, okay, well, all of a sudden, everyone's using it. And like, let's let's add these little features here and there. But I mean, look, wasn't Google just saying that they're going to make this all free and like nobody seems to care?
3: Yeah, well, Google, have you used Google Meet? It's not.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just that's where, again, the quality of the call. Just, yeah, Google Meet, I was on a few last week i was just surprised how bad it is
3: by the, they had to pull
2: that out of retirement by the way they canceled that one i don't know if you guys re- remember like everybody was using it and they they decommissioned it but you know once code came around they started pitching it again as part of their would they switch the name to play workplaces or wherever it was
0: workspace i think well oh, yeah because it used to be hangouts and then it became Meet, and yeah now the workspace
1: they rename shit. So, I mean, like, that's obviously the running joke on all the stuff they rename, But yeah, I mean, for Google and, you know, maybe Microsoft, even now with telephony, like there is that obvious element where it's like, if you've attracted the giants, there's a huge appeal in your
3: market, right? I, I also right. think that people take for granted. They just assume that every technology is like fully substitutable. I don't think, think an SMS is an SMS. I think if you want things, if you want your 2FA code to get to someone, Immediately when they're about to sign into your website, you go with Twilio. If you don't mind waiting 30 seconds and gambling that their attention goes to something else, you can use Plevo or Nexmo or whatever. I, I think there is a difference. Just like Teams video is, I mean, we have it, we had it free at work, and we are choosing to pay for a Zoom because it's team teams video product is garbage. If you want to present to people, and you're sitting in multiple, you know, in, in, around the world, uh, you know, a PowerPoint presentation, whatever it is, it's, it just doesn't it doesn't work well. It doesn't work well. And, and 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 Zoom just works. And that's all people care about.
1: I think that's a good note to end on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say about Twilio, but I guess that's
1: I mean, it, it's it is. It, it, ju- it just rocks.
3: What would you say, Cap? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, 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 right now, the story you can't fall in love with. Like, I'm not, you know, uh, with with a with your own idea and your own story. If it changes, we'll have to change our minds, and we'll have to keep reassessing. But for right now, they're hitting on all cylinders, and there's a, you know, they just grew the market they can sell things into, and over time they'll be able to maintain, I believe, pricing power, and so until that changes. It's a good. Uh, yeah, I think build. that's
1: definitely a good way of looking at it, measuring it on those on those KPIs, right? Everybody has KPIs, right? And when you think about, I mean, for us, like one of the things that we were looking at for for let's call it from November of last year through you know early February is we wanted and we talked about it multiple times progress on Flex. If you think about what people were focused on and like hitting it on, like you know they had the billings issue. Remember they overbilled or or something or fraud or or allegations? No, no, they were there when they,
3: dollars. Kazema came in, he's the GE digital guy. And so he does, he he knows how to build a very large sort of accounting, counting the the pennies and and all that. And they had overbilled. And so it was a $5 million issue on a billion dollars of revenue and Jeff being the, the, I don't think they even had to disclose it. I don't know that they had to, but that's just how they are. Yeah, so we went through that. We went and then we had the
1: uh, like the rumors that popped up about WhatsApp leaving, which I mean, I don't know why they were popular rumors for a little bit, but like it just was there, which is I mean, if you look at WhatsApp now uh, up 120 percent in the first half of this year. So like there's there's always noise. I mean, COVID is 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 a ridiculous event. And I, I think healthcare with Twilio and we got into this with Sasbro, is is obviously something that like is kind of, hey, thank you you know right place right time right and and that kind of gives them the flexibility and i think justin kind of i think you know really nailed kind of down what they can do with, with 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 segment so yeah look the thesis is good how you value the stock well i mean we could probably spend another hour on that
0: money is cheap and so multiples are up i think cap already mentioned
1: that yes. well according said. to some people <laughs> stocks st- more what is what, what do you M-O-A-R. what do you say justin more
3: there's a mean. There's a mean.
1: More, more. Well, we'll see. If you don't, if the Biden guy wins, you're going to zero. So look out. Well, the it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> interesting two
2: weeks. I read it in Vi- in Barron's. It said it's going up no matter what. It's just I mean, how much I mean, he wanted to go he, up? He,
1: he he did tweet depression today, which I thought was one one of his his better ones. Yet. Well, yeah. Well, I'm I looking did, forward to the sad. Yeah, I was like, i Are you sad? Are you sad? Is it? I mean, I think, you know what? What's his name got under his skin yesterday? What are you going to do? Like, I mean, uh, Obama is Obama. And uh, it's, it seems like he really knows how to rile him up. Well, I, I really am looking forward to the debate tonight. I got my
2: popcorn and everything.
0: Thank you for listening to The Razor's Edge. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter at, at Daniel Shortman and at Akram's Razor with suggestions, <laughs> requests, or anything else we aim to publish a new episode every tuesday morning and love to hear from you if you can share this with a friend or leave a review on apple podcasts we'd be really grateful as that will help the podcast grow and improve this has been a Shortman studios production our theme song is move on by SoCal. thank you again for listening and see you next week